So I think it's important what we expose ourselves to when we're young, especially that time when we believe every single thing is possible. I think that's the time we should try and explore our options as much as we can, because I feel like as we grow older, we start to limit ourselves. We think, oh, maybe this isn't possible. So just enjoy it when you're a child. You don't know how it will manifest when you're an adult. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for you to be joining me today as we chat with fashion illustrator Phoebe Ouma. But before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, press that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on episodes. And head on over to patreon.com slash Xenia to join the fam and help keep this show going every single week and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes content, and early access for my music and writing. Again, that's patreon.com slash X-E-N-J-A. Your support means the absolute world to me. Having grown up loving art and fashion, Phoebe Auma has made both an integral part of her life, specializing in lifestyle, fashion, and family illustrations. She grew up in the outskirts of Nairobi, Kenya, moved to Iowa when she was four, and then returned to Nairobi when she was 10, where she now resides full-time. Her work is inspired by the constant need to live vicariously through her work, relive beautiful moments seen in fashion and real life, and the desire to share an African experience influenced by a global perspective. She grew up not seeing much of people who looked like her in magazines she consumed and is determined to provide a different perspective for women of color. Hi, Phoebe. Thank you so much for being here. It is wonderful to meet you and be able to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I like to begin every podcast with um, how my guests and I met. And so we met, this is the first time that we're meeting in person um, or via Zoom, uh, but we met through Sandra Shu. She was on the podcast and she mentioned your work during our interview. And I like looked you up on Instagram and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to connect with this person. Like, please, can you do an introduction? And I'm just, I'm so grateful that you wanted to come on. Well, thank you so much. I mean, when Sandra told me about it, I was definitely on board. And I always like telling the story of how the two of us met, because I think it's uh, such a powerful thing when two creatives meet because of their passions. And I think it's such a lovely thing. Yeah, absolutely. And another funny universe story uh, that I shared with you, I'm writing a sci-fi series and one of my characters is named Phoebe and she's from Africa. And then I met you and I was like, oh my gosh, like this literally keeps happening where I'll write something or create a character in the book or like something in their backstory. And then I like meet somebody with the same name or with the same backstory or some piece. And I'm like, I wasn't copying you. I promise <laughs> like, this is the universe just like being magical. But it's so funny. I, I, I love that. When you told me about that, I really found that interesting as well. And I think I'm going to take a leaf out of uh, your book and write more things down because I mean, that's really powerful that you can write something down and then it manifests into becoming something real. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's really powerful. Writing writing is something else. So, Phoebe, can we start with your just growing up with a love of art and fashion? When did you get interested? How did you get interested? And and like when did you start drawing? So, for me, I think um the interest in fashion has been building from the time I was a child. I probably just didn't realize how important it was to me or how important it would become um, that I would even venture into it as a career. So I started drawing when I was a very young child. I remember my parents used to tell me that 
my mom would bring home like this notebooks for me when I was a ch- when I was I think uh, four and I just scribble in it and finish the entire book in just minutes but I oh wasn't doing really well it was just scribbling and they're like probably there's something here but I mean it's not a career that people took seriously I think it's just your parents want to see you do something good uh, make you happy as a child and I guess something you can play around with but I think from the time I was very young I had always loved to draw. So it started with my interest in just art. And I was always intrigued by the art teachers, what they were teaching in school. And then I got my first fashion magazine. Um, It was a bridal magazine, I think, in the summer of 2003, I think. I hope I'm remembering that correctly. And I still have that magazine with me to this very date. And I remember going and just seeing these amazing women, just the clothes were amazing. It was a bridal magazine, so it wasn't, I guess it was just focusing on that part of fashion. But I found that so intriguing and I just wanted my mom to keep buying me more and more of those magazines. And I guess I was just lost into that world of fashion. So I started drawing more and more of fashion after getting that particular magazine when I was, I think seven or eight, yeah. Wow. Do you design? Do you do your own designs too? So when it comes to design, I probably just do it personally right now. Although I majored in fashion design and marketing, I decided to venture into illustration first. And I felt I just wasn't ready yet to do the brand that I had in my mind. And I thought illustration is a way that I can express myself without any limitations. I can create anything. And I thought it was a good way to kind of introduce myself to the world first and also to kind of work on a way that I can network with people in fashion. But right now I just uh, design for myself. How did art and fashion kind of like show up in your life as a kid and, and how were they both influenced from moving to Iowa and then back to Kenya? I think fashion showed up in my life a lot from even the dolls that I probably owned because I was always trying to kind of make clothes from my Barbie dolls, make them a little bit different than the way they came in the box because I was like, oh, well, the Barbie doll only has one dress. I think I should try and make more, even if I would be ripping up my own clothes, (laughs) which my mom wasn't very happy about. But I think like even through the things that I played with, the books that I encountered, like there was this Bratz coloring book that my mom bought me when I was really young. I think it kept showing up in little things, the magazines, the dolls, and the coloring books. And I guess I just kept getting drawn in more and more. So I think it's important what we expose ourselves to when we're young, especially that time when we believe every single thing is possible. I think that's the time we should try and explore our options as much as we can, because I feel like as we grow older, we start to limit ourselves. We think, oh, maybe this isn't possible. So just enjoy it when you're a child. You don't know how it will manifest when you're an adult. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So you moved to Iowa when you were four? Yeah, I was just not sure five at the time. I think it was in the year 2000. Okay. Oh my gosh, wait, so are we the same age? I'm 26, I just turned 26. I'm 25. So yeah, we're we're around the same age, basically. Oh my gosh. Um, So what what brought you to Iowa? So I came, I joined my dad a couple of months later after he had come, he came to do his PhD Hmm. in entomology. He's a scientist, but nothing to do with fashion there, but... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the rest of the family, which was my mom, my brother and I at the time, we joined him a couple of months later because we just thought it was important for the family to stay together, especially since, uh, you know, a PhD program takes up quite a bit of time and we didn't want to be apart for all that time. Yeah. And then so when the program was done, you went back to Kenya? Yeah, he worked uh, for a little bit 
a postdoctoral program. And then after that, he decided that we should move back to Kenya. It wasn't really a decision that I made, but I was excited for it as well because I think I had very few memories at the time. Mm. There were just little things that I could remember. And, you know, as a child, you're always just full of wonder and you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when I go back there. So it felt very foreign to me as well. And he always had the sense of us going back to our ancestral home, our home where we belong. And he just wanted us after he had finished what he was doing, he felt that it was good for us to be raised where we were from and to appreciate that culture as well. Yeah, totally. Did you find that your art was influenced by like your moving and your traveling? I think so. In a way, I felt like my art was something that I was always doing to kind of really be a constant in my life. So I guess every time I was exposed like to different TV shows and movie show and movies, it would show up in my work. Not necessarily just the travel experience, but I felt like my work was something that I'd use to ground me. So since I had moved around, I had gone to many different schools growing up, like from the time I was in kindergarten up to uni, I had been to 12 different schools. So I felt like the arch was something that would ground me and always I had a way of introducing myself to people like there was a part of my identity that would remain constant. So I don't think the traveling had like such a big role in the way it influenced my work. But I think like my all of the experiences, I would sort of gather them and it would become like a therapy session that would show up <laughs> in my work. I love that. That's so wise too to do to like just like make that a grounding thing. Like that's so wise. Thank you. So can we talk about your drive to share an African experience and people of color in your work? Did not seeing people of color in magazines and and whatnot like impact you as a kid and and what you like thought of in terms of like pursuing art at first I had no idea that the things that I was consuming were shaping my perspective because I think as children we're just watching things you're not actively thinking oh my goodness what are these people trying to portray with this character you're just enjoying a show you're just enjoying your magazine and I didn't realize the impact it had on my life until um I think I was in high school and as usual, I was drawing um, whenever I had like free time during my breaks and people used to like looking at my work. And I remember one of the students asked me, a friend of mine, she said, Phoebe, you're always drawing these white women in your work. Why are you only, only drawing like white models? And you know, that hit me in like, I don't even like telling this story because it's a very difficult story to tell and honestly, a little embarrassing, but I think it's an important story to tell so that people can understand how the things that we watch and the media basically shapes our perspective about things. And I used to have like this box of colored pencils and each time I'd reach for um, the beige sort of color pencil and I'd call that skin color, I'm like, let me use this to color the skin. And before my classmate asked me that, I didn't even notice that I was only, only white women were showing up in my work. And then I started to think to myself, why, am, why is this? Why is this the situation or the image that I'm constantly portraying? And then I went back even to my magazine, the one that I still own, and there wasn't a single black model in that magazine. So I think I had already accepted it in my mind that that's not really an area that people like me venture into. It wasn't that I was trying to hate myself in any way. I, I was just basically portraying what I had seen all my life in the movies that I loved so much. And then I realized, I guess, what we're exposed to is very powerful. And I need to be part of the narrative of creating things that are positive for other women so that people can see there's not just one single story, there's not just one narrative, and we can all have a variety of stories so that people can see that 
it's okay for a white woman to be here. It's okay for a black woman to be here. It's okay for an Asian woman and that sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. I think still it's so like one demographic, one size, you know, in media. And that's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that people are talking about it now because I don't think if we should always like be critical, look at things with a critical eye. Like, why is this being portrayed in this way? As much as we want to enjoy something, I think it's still important to try and ponder more and not just accept things as the norm and just say, well, this is how it is and it's never going to change. Mm. Yeah. Cause like conversation is what sparks change. And, and the funny thing about change that I found is like, everything is changing all of the time. And like, we work so hard to like not change, but it's, it's change is good. Change is necessary, you know? So, so can you just explain what the met, like the message of like you wanting to share an African experience through your work? Can you just talk a little bit about that? So when I initially started sharing my work on social media, I knew that I wanted to be very intentional about how I would choose to portray the women in my illustrations. And I thought to myself, I mean, sometimes when I'm even talking to just my friends who even live in Kenya, and I'm trying to talk to them about the brands that are found in Africa. Not a lot of people are even aware of that, even the people who live on this continent. And I guess everyone is familiar with Chanel and the Gucci's, everyone knows that. And I just thought, to myself, I think I have a responsibility working in fashion as well to tell the stories of these creatives. So that was just my intention to share the aesthetic of Africa from my point of view with the world because I felt I can share so much. I can share about the places that the women who live here visit, what do they dress in and that sort of thing so that it can become regular to people. It can easily roll off your tongue and our brands can be things that we're proud to talk about. It's not, I don't think it's that people are ashamed to talk about them. I think there's just not enough um, media power behind it the same way that there is with other brands. So then we're just constantly uh, have just global brands push down our throats, even if we don't want that. So we have a responsibility to talk about our own stories. And so that was the whole thing with the African brands. So I just try to talk about them as much as possible. And I'm also working on a book that's around this as well, because I think it's so important to write our history. And I want to share that with people. And the great thing that I found about sharing um, my story and the stories of these other creatives that work on this continent is that other people are intrigued. They want to know, they want to learn. So just don't think that because this is different, no one else is interested in it. They're still uh, interested and there's a conversation around it. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, oh my gosh, wait, talk about your book. I had the idea of this book last year in the pandemic. <laughs> I think we just had so much time to think. And because I've always been interested in animation, like that's my favorite genre of movies to watch. I just love Disney animation, that sort of thing. I just, I was watching a lot of documentaries about the way they portray the story of a character and how it's built. And I thought that was really powerful. Even if I wasn't going to create an animation, I thought, what if I created my own character? And in the, in the world of this character, she is exploring, she's just, I think I'm also living a little bit vicariously through her as well. She has moved back to her continent and she happens to quit a job that she was working for because it didn't align with her values. So the character that I'm writing about is a little bit older than me, but she has, she went through a very difficult time and she ended up signing like 
an NDA and she felt like she had compromised her values even though she was paid for this opportunity that she lost. So she decides for a new start she needs to move back to Kenya and sort of look for a new purpose in life. So she ends up using her money to basically curate this closet that is helping her to create her own identity. But in the book, I'll be mentioning like the different designers that she's buying from and their stories as well. And right, they, they inspire her because I think clothes are so powerful. They really reflect a lot of who we are, who we're trying to be, and sometimes even what we're hiding behind. So I think that's going to be a really interesting story. And I hope to have it published before the end of this year. I've been working really hard on that. Yeah. It has lots of illustrations. So I think it will be a visual feast as well. Yeah. Is it um, like you have a target audience or like, like age wise? So my audience is, I think, anyone who is curious about just fashion that they're not used to. Brands, they're interested in brands that are probably not the norm, but they'd like to know more about that and how clothes basically shape the way a person chooses to uh, portray themselves in the world. So I think anyone who's like interested in fashion and really loves illustrations, the book would be for them. I, I don't think it's like limited towards any age group because I try in the book not to make it, it's not very heavy reading so that you can also just enjoy the illustrations as much as possible and have the story in the background as well so that the illustrations are doing more of the talking. Yeah. So just to basically grown-ups who, I guess, are interested in connecting with their inner child. And you also like your picture books as well. I think that would be my target audience. Yeah. Well, sign me up. I'm. That sounds amazing. Can you, just because I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about your navigating the publishing process? I'm so scared for the publishing process. <laughs> Yeah, so I had been doing my research since last year, and I thought that was something that was holding me back for a really long time because I thought, oh my goodness, like what path will I go down? And because like publishing isn't really big in this part of the world, there are not that many publishing houses, I was wondering how I would go about it. And so I decided to go down the self-publishing route. I thought that would be a good fit for me at the moment, because I feel like there, since there are a lot of things that I'm controlling, I'm controlling uh, the script, the entire story, the illustrations, and I also decided to study how to create the layout of a book. So there are a lot of things that I think because of even the course that I did, some of the units had graphic design and things like that. I can do them on my own. So even though it's a lot of work, I only plan to outsource when it comes to the editors, get a freelance editor to look at the book. Uh, also register an ISBN number so that I can be able to sell the book as well. And also just make sure like all of the legal things are right, especially like for the, so that people are not copying the book. But for at the moment, the book is, meant to be like a, more of a coffee table book. So it won't be published in soft copy anytime soon because I really want people to have that experience and to just enjoy it each and every single page. So when I was doing my research, I also found the right printer who I wanted to work with because I don't want the paper to be flimsy at all. I want it to be something that's long lasting and so it has been a learning process for sure, but the only places that I plan to outsource are, I guess, for the printer and the editor, and that's about it. And so marketing, what I plan to do with that is basically be in touch with some of the designers who are my friends, who I'm also mentioning in the book, and they can also talk about it as well, if they'd be so kind to do so. And <laughs> Yeah, and also I think marketing is also like still a challenge because, you know, writing the book is only just half of it. 
the rest of it is how you're going to sell it. So I plan to have like just a small group of people who will have a small reading. They can look at the illustrations, tell me what they feel isn't right. And then after that, do the official launch and just give people like a behind the scenes look of what it was like, because I know a lot of people do struggle with self-publishing. Like, how do you even find someone to do the cover? So yeah, that's the process so far. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you really know what you're doing and have done a lot of research and education. My creative process is like, oh yeah, I dreamed that three years ago and trying to manifest it. <laughs> like I'm so like, I, I don't research at all. I just, you know, pray. <laughs> um, but I love that you said that you're living vicariously through the character in your book and also just like through your work. I feel like I do that so much. My main character, there's so much of me in her. Um, and I, I would love to hear more about that. So the reason why I said that is because my character uh, in my book, her name is Hera. So Hera is um, a word from my native language, which just means love. Hmm. And I just thought, you know, Hera, I think, has like more life experience than me and also a bigger budget than me because buying <laughs> designer clothes is not an easy thing. And she, all of these places that she's traveling to, I mean, right now, right now, there's so many restrictions, even with hotels. And I just thought, why should just because I can't do it at the moment, I think Hera can do it for me. And because a lot of the people, even my friends who I've met, I meet them through social media. So I think a lot of the process for me starts in my imagination. So sometimes I'll share an illustration and it will just lead to this path. I'll even meet a new person entirely through that. They'll feel like they connected with that. So I think just because you can't live out something at the moment, but it's something you aspire to be and it's a, par a part of yourself, it still exists inside of you. So you should just give that a chance as well. So I think that's what I mean by vicariously. Hera definitely has a lot of money more than I have. So that's why she's buying all of these designer clothes and telling her story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, and part of your mission is to capture like moments of beauty in everyday life. I, this is so, so important and so needed. I just can't, what's, what's your, your vision behind that? So I've always been the kind of person who I'll even like wake up in the morning. And then even if I see the sky and the birds flying by, I just think, you know, even the way the world is set up and like God made everything to be, things are still so beautiful, even to us, like there, there's just beauty all around us. And for me, I just want to create the same sort of beauty in my work, just enjoying the simple pleasures, even if it's just a cup of tea that you're enjoying. I mean, just savor that moment and enjoy it because I think we let things pass us by too many times and we just don't savor the little moments enough. So like, that's just my idea behind that to just depict the kind of beauty that the world gives us each and every single day. I mean, there's so many beautiful things. We get to see the sunsets, the way the sun rises. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit um, glassful, kind of. But that's I good, think though. <laughs> the kind of person I am. Yeah, that's there. No, that's amazing. There's so many, like this circles back to to the media and like what's portrayed in media, and it's all the negative and it's all of the like disasters and and everything that just like really really tugs on the soul and so yeah capturing moments of beauty finding like all of the beauty in because it's there it absolutely is there it's all around us like you say and yeah it's being grateful for that and having gratitude for that and and the simple things too. I'm I'm definitely on that wavelength. Like the simple things are, they make the most difference in my life. Well, that's good to hear that you're also savoring those little moments. 
Yeah. It's hard, but it's, it's, it makes a difference because I have been in the, in this like mindset of very, very dark. And, Mm -hmm. and so that was something finding, finding those little moments of joy and those little moments of beauty is something that really kind of helps me to get out of that. Well, that's really nice. Like for you, how exactly do you do it? Do you read a book? Do you like slow down sometimes on life? Do you write? Like what would you usually do to find those little moments of beauty? Yeah, um, I find them a lot out in nature. So I'll want to like go outside for a walk and be in the sun and literally just like feel the sun on my skin. That is like one of my favorite things in the entire world. Um, and yeah, like slowing down and and really kind of being in the moment um, in what I'm doing because I, I, it's, it's very easy to just like live your day and, and be so unconscious about it. So for me to slow down and ground and be in that moment, um, I'm able to, to notice more than I would if I was just like going on autopilot or something. Well, that's really nice. Yeah. So what is like next for you? Where, where do you want to pursue where do you want to go from here like i had told you before illustration was like the first step because um as i was growing up there were all these three things that i absolutely loved i loved fashion i loved art and i also loved to write i was actually a really good writer even in high school and my teachers always thought that was something i would pursue but I kept putting it on the back burner. So I think I'm also bringing that back with the book right now. And my hopes for the future are, once I write this book, because I'm being very intentional about it, is to get into publishing. I'd like to eventually start my fashion line. So there's quite a bit I still have to do. But I (laughs) It's happening one step at a time. Sometimes I feel like, oh, things are happening too slowly because sometimes like when I've achieved one thing and then I'm enjoying that moment, I find that I think like it's something that happens to all human beings. Then you're just, you're like that moment is gone. What's the next thing? And I just try to be grateful for what has already happened, even if things are not happening as fast as I'd like them to, to enjoy even the past achievements and say, you know, you've done this and this, you're doing a good job, so just keep going. So the fashion line and also to write more and hopefully to work with some dream clients as well. Yeah. Do you find that... I so I have two questions. I didn't ask them in the script, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but I'm curious. Do you find with writing, um, did school make it more difficult to do creative writing? Because I feel like for me, school was very like essay based, and now I'm like trying to like write this novel, this like novel series, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. I think like school is always like that. They make you write things that, okay, you should write an essay that's two pages long. Even if you're deriving something from a book, it should just be this long. I don't think that, unless you're like studying literature or something that you would go beyond just a very short form of writing. So I think it's like very structured. For me, I think I used to get bored with the things that school offered. So I would always have like a side project, like my own (laughs) little thing that I'm writing. And I try to kind of convince the teacher that I'm just trying to make my English better and my writing better. So then I'd get her to still grade my personal work as well. And she'd enjoy it. So we'd just talk about the work as well. As long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll still always try and create extra things for myself. <laughs> I love that. My my other question relates to that too, because I'm I also have like a 20 year plan where I'm like, so this is gonna happen and then this is gonna happen and then this is gonna happen. 
And I'm, I'm totally in that space of like, it's not happening fast enough. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm curious if we can chat more about that. And like, like, how do you find the motivation to kind of like keep going on all of these goals where you like, you know, where you want them to go, you see where you want them to lead. Like you have all of these other things that are going to manifest from it but they're not there yet. You know, like, how do you, how do you, how do you keep going? A lot of people used to ask me this and I don't know why people think I'm a very um, focused person, but sometimes I don't feel that way. Like I have everything together because, you know, people are like, you used to always draw these girls in school. And right now, like you made this your job, you're actually doing it. Like people who knew me from years ago. So, but, Recently, ever since I turned 25, I don't know if it was like a quarter life crisis. I just felt like I was not doing enough. I was like, you know, in high school, everyone had discussed by this age, we'd already have this and this, but it hasn't happened in that way yet. And like in my career, I haven't, which I haven't done for very long, just since 2019 when I started doing it professionally after graduation. But then I, had like encountered some success and I got like international uh, publication on my work, which was very good. But then I feel like, because it wasn't something that I was expecting immediately, I felt like that set the bar higher than the things that I had written for myself, which isn't a bad thing, but then it made me feel insecure sometimes. I feel like if I haven't done better than this next year, then should I even stick with this? Am I doing the right thing? Or are my good days behind me? So I think ever since I turned 25 and I was confronted with all of these scary thoughts that just make me think, why isn't this happening? Or why should I continue to like stick on this path? Because for example, if you're writing something like a self-published book, you really have to find that motivation within yourself because you don't have the incentive of like, a check and then you're told just write and uh, you have someone watching you and telling you do this and this, you have to be, I think more disciplined than the person who already has all of that structure. So for me, I just started setting more goals for myself, which I wasn't doing before as much and just trying to have like self checks with myself. Like, okay, Phoebe, you set this out, not really to beat myself down, but to just remind myself that this is the dream and this is what we're working towards and what are the little wins? Just count them. Count those little blessings. Just don't feel the fact that you're alive, the fact that you have those ideas. You know, there there's someone else out there who doesn't even feel like they have the strength to even have those ideas at the moment. There's a reason that you have them. So that's motivation enough to keep going and just try to look for the little blessings in your life. I also try to recently I also included like writing letters to myself from my future self, my successful self who, who has it figured out. I, I didn't even know he did that, but it's been helpful. It's nice to read something from your future self and the, and basically Phoebe from the future tells me just keep going. It's a really great place over here. And trust me, if you just keep moving towards this, trust me, it's going to be amazing. So I feel like as I continue to grow older, I use more of those tools because I think uh, when you're younger, you just, you just feel like, oh, you don't have anything to lose and you're just figuring things out but then after you graduate and after things life keeps happening you just feel that pressure of oh my goodness am I going to do everything on time but like what is on time I know it's very hard especially in the age of social media where everyone seems to have it figured out but I feel like even that person is just going through their own struggles as well so just try to be kind to yourself and count the little wins and I don't know try that letter too it's good yeah girl I did have a quarter life crisis 100% so I relate to literally everything you just said um random have you heard of the artist's way yes I have that was one of the first 
books that I was so scared of even sharing my work. And I think I saw this illustrator sharing it. And I was like, I, maybe this is a place that I could start. So I think I read that book in, was it 2018 or early 2019? It's a really good book. Yeah, I'm I'm asking because I'm, so my friend, uh, she like facilitates Artist Way groups and they're all on Zoom now um, because of the pandemic. And she's starting another one on April 18th. And I've done it. It's going to be my fourth one in a row that I've done. Um, but if you want to wanted to do it and have that community, it's like it's one of the most amazing things. I think people would really benefit from you being in the group, too, because you may think you don't have things figured out, but I think you have a lot more figured out than you give yourself credit for. Um, but it's yeah, if you want, I can totally send you the information if you wanted to um, consider joining the group. I really like that a lot. Thank you so much for yeah. even considering me for that. Because I think I'm also something that I'm looking for at the moment as well is more community. I think you really have to find the people who do understand you. Because some people will be just like, oh my goodness, look at these crazy creative people. Like they should get a real job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. more and more each day. So I I definitely be interested. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Jen is amazing. She is 100% my soul sister. I'm obsessed with her. Also, can you, when the book is published, um, can you send me a link and, and whatever, and I can promote it um, on social media and stuff too. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You're the best. I definitely will send it to you. And I hope I mean, the people will love it as much as I've loved working on it for all of these months. Isn't that so scary to think about? Like, I'm like, I think my series is so amazing. I think it's going to be like Harry Potter 2.0. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, what if nobody likes it? <laughs> like, what do I do? Oh my gosh. Like, I still, I still am going to think it's super cool, but it's, that's so scary to think about how it's going to be received. Do you know what I did the other day? Like this was, it wasn't even something that I was planning to do. But then I was, I looked up, uh, there was like a list of books and illustrators that I really love. And I feel they could do absolutely no wrong. I love their books, what they've written, especially Megan Hess. I think her work is just amazing. And then I decided to go on Amazon and like read reviews. And I was only going to read like the worst reviews, not to try and like make, to criticize their work or anything or be, or be like, oh, well, they suck too. Not at all. I was like, if I can love something this much and then there's still someone who thinks it's bad, there's always someone else who will think whatever you think is the most amazing thing, whoever you look up to, they'll still have something to criticize it with. So just go for it. I mean, like what's the worst that can happen? They'll, I think as writers and people who decide to put our work out into the world that is something we have to prepare ourselves for but who are you going to listen to and i feel like if that person is offering constructive criticism not just being a troll or being mean then it's something you can consider because i felt i feel like uh criticism is something that i realized i was super sensitive to especially when i used to get commissioned work and then you know um the client is like, oh, I just don't feel like this is, and then you're like, oh my goodness, what have I done? But I realize it can be a place where you grow. You don't have to use it to just make yourself feel bad or to have, or to, it lowers your self-esteem. It can be a very positive place. Just, it depends on how you look at it. So just think of that, whoever you love, like that book that you love, you'll find one person or a few people have written horrible reviews about it. Yeah, yeah, that's so important to keep in mind. I think too, one of the one of the major things that I hold on to is that people who do troll or just like leave mean, nasty comments, like they're going to do that no matter what. You know, mm -hmm. so it, it's not really a reflection of the work or the art itself when that's happening. It's that's more of a reflection of just the space that they're in. Mm -hmm. True. OK, so final five is technically speed round. It is never speed round. 
So question one, what's been your favorite piece to create so far? Wow, like I've always found this as a very difficult question because I mean, they're all like my children. How do, how do you pick a favorite child? But over time I can look back and I think like every year I have new pieces that I create that I feel are better. But at the moment, I think it's a series I worked on last year and you even liked one of the pieces from that series, Things of the Past, because it was a very personal series to me as well. That entire series, like those six pieces, for me, it's like one thing because it was telling one story that has been one of my favorite things to work on, just because I pushed myself even in terms of like the technique I was using and experimenting and just scanning like uh, different types of paper and staining some of them with THC, like what can I produce? So I feel like for me, that represents pushing myself using new techniques and I just hope to whatever the next new piece will be that I love it will be from a place of growth and something that I've done to improve so at the moment that's the one that I love because I just love all the feelings that it gives me and the things that it reminds me of and what it enabled me to do and how it's people as well because I got a lot of great feedback on that and I also got some really wonderful jobs just as a result of it. So I really like that. Yeah. And thank you so much for the photo. I'm I'm 100. I'm moving. So I'm like in transition right now. But when I find my place, I'm 100% putting it on the wall. It's so beautiful. I'm glad you love it. What is one thing you've learned through this entire process? Just one. <laughs> I'm sure there are many. <laughs> to follow my instincts. To just learn to trust myself more and more. So yeah, for me, I think it's to follow my instincts. That's what I've learned. And just not to doubt myself. Mm. That's been the biggest thing. To just know whatever I'm doing, it's right. At that moment, like that's what I meant to be doing. Mm. Yeah. What advice do you have for young artists of color? I think I would just tell them to find what they're passionate about, especially when it comes to the storytelling aspect of what you're trying to share with the world and just learn to grow that more and more because I feel like people really connect with a story. So just don't, even if you're like trying to grow your brand or something, like just don't put a picture out there, share your opinion about something and just learn to cultivate your storytelling um, skills, I guess, because I think that's been something that has worked really well for me. And sometimes people do want to know your point of view about something. So your point of view is what makes you unique. So just be very honest about that and continue to grow that and just tell your story to the best of your ability. That's the advice that I have. That's great advice. I'm going to take that advice. Um, do you have a dream project or dream person to design for? Wow, I think <laughs> probably a project. I used to think I had like dream people to design for. And I think after working in this um, illustration industry for not a very long time, but there are people who I looked up to who I thought, if I worked with this person, like everything would change. And then I meet that person and they're nothing like what they are on social media, which is, can be a downside for things. So I don't like connecting my dreams to people anymore, especially people I have never met. I'm, I can like that idea of someone or the ideologies that they stand for. That's something that I can resonate with, but I don't like connecting my dreams to people anymore since like that just happened too many times where I would finally get that dream client and it would not be anything I imagined at all. They were not very kind. They're nothing like what they are on social media. So for me, I think it would be a project and that would be, I guess, the book that I'm working on, I'd like to see it published like 
if it could be picked up later on by a publishing house, like an international one, that would be something good so that it could reach more people and that I would be able to have different projects come from it. And also I think another dream project would be to work with some with Barbie. I just love Barbie since I own so many Barbie dolls. I think if I could illustrate something for them, that would just be amazing to work with Mattel. That would just be the absolute best. Love that. Okay, last question. Can I literally come visit you in Kenya? I've wanted to see and experience Africa my entire life. Yes, yes, and yes. You can come visit me in Kenya, I think. I don't know, obviously, because I live in Kenya, I'm going to praise it and just tell you it's the absolute best place ever. But even if you go on YouTube, like people who've been able to visit this country, I haven't even discovered like the depths of its beauty. And I think like that's so amazing. But I think it's just a very friendly country. Like the people are very welcoming and it's a beautiful place, especially if you have the chance to experience like the safari side of it and probably go and see the wildlife. I, I think that would be just a magical experience. And the food scene is the absolute best. See, that's what I need. So once COVID is, is you know, uh, handled, <laughs> 100%, I want to I wanna come visit you. I have a dream of being able to just hug a lion and, like, be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> manifesting that. <laughs> it could happen. And it's funny that you say that. My sister was showing me a video on TikTok today of, a guy hugging a lion and he was fine. So it's possible. <laughs> my, my literal dream. I have a tattoo of a lion's face on my leg and it is my favorite tattoo. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here and chatting with us. Family, okay. go check out Phoebe's work. You can find her on Instagram at Phoebe underscore Ouma, O-U-M-A. And her website, www.phoebeuma.com. Both of those links will be in the episode description. She sells prints of her work, created commissions, um, creates commissions, and for both commercial and personal use with any dream or fantasy you wish to bring to life in a fashion forward way. Check it out. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed your time today. Please take a minute to press that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play. And if you liked today's episode, please rate and leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it helps more listeners like you find this podcast. You can connect with our guests and myself on social media. All of our information and more is listed in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Senya. See you next time.